This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're thinking Hooters with the fellas and the ladies. Welcome to Spinsters, a podcast where we start problems like we're Chris Paul and end them like we're Montrez Harrell. I'm Haley O'Shaughnessy. I'm a recovering basketball writer. I'm Jordan Liggins. I'm an editor at Mojo. It's the playoffs! So much basketball. So much basketball. It was glorious. It was I think my favorite part was that it is already better than I thought it was going to be. Does that make sense? Because 5,000 percent. Yeah, the season was just so rough and had so many low points. And at some points it was really, I guess, uninspiring is the word just because I kind of felt bad for everyone mm-hmm. involved. But yeah, the playoffs are really fun. The crowds are really fun. What, what are your like initial reactions? It surprised me how long it felt since we had atmospheres like this in a playoff like that. It felt like years that we're back to normal a little bit. And you could tell that the players, you know, it was a difference for them too. having the crowd. It was bizarre to see on my television screen that many people in one place. But the players brought it up a notch. I feel like when they were in the bubble, you know, you're playing for your team and you have the crowd like in your mind. But to have them there cussing you out, yelling at you like it's it's different. And it was fun to see. I loved MSG, the MSG atmosphere coming back a little bit because the cool thing about the garden is that it's not just a great place for Knicks players to play. Everyone loves playing at the garden. Like LeBron says that all the time. And that's why for years, Knicks players thought he'd come there. I mean, Knicks players would think that. (laughs) Or not Knicks players. Anyway. Knicks fans. I don't think Knicks players are under any illusions. Although maybe after this year, I don't know. Everything's exciting. Let's get into it. We're going to try to go through every series. Some of them, I just, we're probably going to have to talk to a little bit more than others. Some of them, I just, I watched the first game and I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to actually jump to any conclusions, but let's analyze it that way. (laughs) Perfect. What are we being dramatic about? What are we going to stop other people from being dramatic about? What are we going to reason people with? I almost said gaslight people about Um, But let's go with reason. It sounds much healthier. Okay, Saturday. (laughs) I'm going to do a little disclaimer, actually. I was at my brother's wedding Saturday. (laughs) Yeah. The timing. I'm like, Tom, (laughs) congrats, Tom and Taylor. I love you to death. It was a wonderful ceremony. I'm so glad that I was involved and invited. Uh, I was very safe. Everybody was vaccinated. So that was just a relief. But not the best day. (laughs) I'm going to ask other people in my life to try to avoid this in the future, because as always, it is about me. Um, Their union is about me. Other unions are about me. Anyway, Milwaukee, Miami. I was watching this doing my makeup 
The Last Second Jumper by Chris Middleton. I was literally putting on this gorgeous shade of lipstick. It was like a lighter maroon. Yeah, it was gorgeous. I had it. I was like going to the outer corner. He hits it. It goes all the way up my cheek. So that's that's why I, I looked at like I was extremely flustered the entire time because I just had a bunch of extra blush. I could not take it off at that point. We were like two seconds from going in the car. That game was wild. What, it was what so were good. your initial thoughts? First, it really lived up to the hype. We knew that this was going to be a good series because of what happened last year. And Milwaukee coming out strong saying, you know, you got lucky last year. Miami saying we already beat you. And also a little self-reflection. Earlier in the season, I was one of those people that did not believe in Chris Middleton and him being a part of their big three. I just didn't buy it. And I feel like he made that shot for me. And um, I felt that. I felt it. I apologize. No, I apologize. I'm I'm glad you said that because... (laughs) We were talking about that. <laughs> this Bucks team has a lot at stake, obviously. They, uh, I think, notoriously have not gone as far in the past in the playoffs as everyone has expected them to, as they probably should have, especially last year. But especially for Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, this isn't just a playoffs thing. This is a season-long thing. This is a career-long thing. So yeah. many people, it seems like with the two of them, do not want to admit perhaps that they could be very helpful in a playoff series good enough to be the second and third best player on Mm -hmm. a playoff team yeah they did so well and I feel like you know even Brooke Lopez who was able to score inside yeah cluster bam at points people are more willing to concede that he can be helpful in a playoff game to the Bucks than Drew Holiday at least that's the sense I get on Twitter maybe Mm -hmm. I should just stop looking at Twitter to get my feels for (laughs) Drew Holiday because I get very defensive of him. I wrote that profile of him a couple years ago, and I just adore him. But this is the biggest crowd. We're probably going to talk about crowds for every one of these because it was just so remarkable, and you could tell Mm -hmm. every time what a difference it made, which, just to foreshadow, we have another episode coming out soon. It has to do with crowds and the energy or perhaps lack of that it's had this season. So excited about it. Yeah, Uh, That's coming soon. So they had 9,000 fans in there. When the series moves to Miami for game three, it could be as many as 17,000. The Heat have already said that. That could be a major factor. I don't even know why I'm saying could. That will be. It will be. Yeah. What is it going to take for the Bucs to pull this series out? You don't want to face them. There's no way that Bam and Jimmy are not going to have stronger offensive games. That's just not their style. Yeah, and it's going to be the consistency for the Bucks because we've been here before where they've started off strong, especially in the first round. They're going to have to keep this energy with the big three, and then that will make me a complete believer of Chris Middleton. I've always been a believer of Drew Holiday, just for the record. But if they keep this up throughout this playoff series, especially when they go to Miami, then that's going to be, you know, going to the next level for them that they can actually make some noise in the playoffs. Because right now it's a question mark. We don't know if they can actually keep this up, even though they've proven in the past that they've, you know, had a strong start before. Yeah. Consistency in some areas for sure. And then but also yeah. because I don't know what it was, but it seemed like at points, Bam and Jimmy were almost hesitant on offense. That's going to change. And also the Bucks need to change and adjust as well because Miami was a better three-point shooting team 
Thanks mm-hmm. to Duncan Robinson and Gorin and, you know, Miami's defense. Milwaukee only made five. It is 2021. <laughs> if one team hits 40% of their threes, as the Heat did, and the other one hit 16%, the chances of the team hitting 16% winning the game is so slim. That has to be somewhere in the records of the worst margins for a team that won in the entire yeah. playoffs. That really blew me away. The Bucks needed Marina May- Mabry. But yeah, they, they need to need stay her. consistent. The Bucks need to stay consistent in the paint. They killed them there. Yeah. And then my favorite part of this game, though, I have to say, shout out, bud. Giannis <laughs> and Chris played 45 minutes. Drew played 42 minutes. People can change. Okay, let's go <laughs> to the second game on Saturday. Dallas beat the Clippers 113-103. I know you have thoughts. I was in the yes. back room of my brother's wedding, checking this constantly, rolling my eyes constantly. Same. Here's where we could be over dramatic, and here's where I will be over the top. Clippers are losing this series. And I'm saying that because here we go again. Playoff P in his glory of choking and not stepping up. Clippers in the clutch is non-existent. And I think that crowds and everything, and we're talking about to help them, I feel like they just freeze up, and they don't know how to play or finish their season. The regular season doesn't matter. This is a whole nother season and they're showing their true colors. So, yes. Yeah, I mean, you combine a franchise curse with a an individual <laughs> curse. In it's not going to be good. <laughs> in the postseason. His quote after the game was, I plan on this team bouncing back. You've planned on a lot, babe, and I just don't know. It's you, <laughs> not the it, team. <laughs> it's you. I mean, Kawhi didn't shoot very well. The other thing is, like, put Kawhi on Luka. I, I didn't understand that at all. I rewatched the yeah. game Sunday. They said after the game that they were worried about the burden that Kawhi would have on offense, you know, him wearing out too much if he was put on Luka. You're not advancing unless Luka is contained. I always hate when coaches say, well, we didn't do this because we need to conserve energy. Mm-hmm. You need to put yourself in a position to need to use that energy that you have conserved. And that's yeah simply not going to happen unless that changes. I'm interested to see game two because I don't think that it's going to be as uneven as it felt. I mean, again, the final score was only a 10 point game, but man, it felt like a say? blowout. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it definitely did. Batum, Ibaka, they should be a starting backcourt based solely off the fact that they are so handsome together. <laughs> <laughs> together <laughs> I will leave it there okay Brooklyn beats Boston Harden said the sellout crowd of 14,000 people actually threw him off at first it was a rougher half than Harden and Katie and Kyrie took off I'm so yeah. over watching Boston yes first of all Katie was shooting like me when I went to the gym yesterday that first half haven't played basketball in a year throwing up bricks and I was like oh <laughs> Katie, he's just like us <laughs> because stars, they're just like us. <laughs> it was rough to watch. And I feel like everyone's overreaction meter was ready at halftime to be like, OK, here's this big three. Where are they at? Are they going to choke in the finals? Are they going to make it there? But they turned it around. Boston, on the other hand, held the Nets under their point total of 118. And they still didn't capitalize on it. So I feel like their average point total. Yes. Brooklyn's not going to score that less of points. Again, you have to be able to pull out the win. And they just couldn't make shots. And Kimba, 
I wanted to punch the television because he was forcing the issue. At first, I was like, OK, Kemba, you're being aggressive. You heard everybody talking about you. We get it. But the shot selection was horrible. Yeah, I just didn't get it. He was trying to fill it in. Yeah, he was trying to fill in for Jalen Brown. But honestly, it didn't work for me. To your point, what's the average Nets point total this season? Like 173? It's not going to happen again. (laughs) I know. If the Nets don't miraculously bounce back from this, I mean, bounce back. They won and sweep Boston because they are shorthanded and they're just they're not a very good team this year, which is not to say they don't have the makeup to be next year. I just think that it's they've really pushed this probably as far as they can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then like the Nets will go down as one of the biggest playoff flops of all time. They're expected to make the finals for a lot of people. But I also saw all of the reactions and the I know the broadcasters were talking about how they've played so few games together. They're big three, Kyrie, mm-hmm. Harden and KD. This is not the Clippers last year. These guys individually are all so powerful and have already shown when they do play together, when two of the three play together, that they don't mind delegating to each mm. other. So and plus, like, there's Kevin Durant. He's, yeah, he does, Kevin fine. Durant doesn't have the same postseason <laughs> reputation as Harden. Harden has taken, in some ways, a step back um, mm-hmm. just in terms of what he normally would do in his role. And yeah, I, I'm not worried about it at all. Worry about the defense, I guess, I suppose. And Boston scored 93. So yeah. Okay. Next game. Portland beats Denver 123-109 in game one. This game cracked me up because when I rewatched <laughs> it the next day, so hungover. I was like, look at Terry Stotts coming out of this game, the defensively intelligent coach. <laughs> Go You Terry. love to see it. <laughs> Sometimes all you need is to be harassed for five playoffs straight. And I was feeling sentimental, you know, because of the wedding, because of love. They gave Jokic whatever he wanted in the name of shutting down entry to everyone else. They were like, yeah, score, dude, go ahead. You're the MVP. We love that. But no one else is. Um, And Jokic finished with one assist. This is the guy who's had the third most assists in the season in the entire league. So amazing. Yeah, I thought that that was remarkable. So shout out to them for that. They also shot extremely well. What mm-hmm. what were you thinking about about Denver's performance in this game? It was a little underwhelming. And I felt like we got a little teaser of this. The last regular season game when Portland and Denver played. I was expecting that game to be really exciting, mostly because, you know, as a Lakers fan, a lot was riding on it. But they kind of didn't show up. And I was like, OK, maybe they're tired. But. It's kind of what's going to happen in this series. I don't know. I kind of like, again, an overreaction and being dramatic. I'm secretly a Blazers fan, and I like them pulling this out because I feel like they match up really well. And they again, like you said, they really brought a strategy. I don't know. I'm not really convinced that Denver is going to have a completely different game in game two. And maybe maybe that's just me, though. No, I mean, let's be honest. Where does our heart lie, right? Like when I'm thinking about who I actually want to win from these games Mm -hmm. that I don't have a rooted interest in, which is to say that LeBron's not playing or I haven't made some insane parlay. This weekend, I was like, I'm going to (laughs) start betting again. Why not? And I did a parlay with NBA, EPL, Go Leads. Thank you for at least that hitting. Formula One, 
did not work out there. <laughs> what? I had another one. I'll come back to it. But anyway, it was a disaster. So anyway, my heart directed me in this one in this series. I know that there are a lot of Nuggets fans who actually wrote to us, called to us that said that they were concerned that Jokic's MVP probably win would be less legitimate if they lost in round one. I don't subscribe to that at all. They don't have Jamal I don't Murray. So. Yeah. I don't really think that has anything to do with it. And Denver, to me, is this team that has such a bright future ahead of them. Portland, although Dame and CJ keep having these wonderful games, it's hard to not think, when is the end? Mm -hmm. Every playoffs, I've wanted more for them. They're yeah. a really likable team. So, yes. Um, I also thought from this game, there was a funny quote afterwards from Terry Stotts where he said, to be honest, I think we could have shot the ball even better. Because they shot 19 for 40 from three. Statistically, yes, of course you could have. But that's not that's like a Magic Johnson tweet. You shot you had a really good game. <laughs> yes. Captain obvious. <laughs> I also thought it was ridiculous that the Nuggets fans booed Mello. Get over it. Guys, it was a decade oh ago. Oh, my God. But it was also cool to see Mello just like supercharge and turn into a superhero and score at a rapid rate while the yeah. boos were happening. But come on. He's been on like 20 other teams after that. Like, let it go. It's been on. so long. You guys are <laughs> in a great position right now for a franchise. Have you ever seen The Princess Diaries? If, I hope the answer is yes, or else we're going to have to yes. this pod. Yeah, of course. Okay, there's that scene where her friend Lily. So there's Mia. There's mm -hmm. the friend Lily. And they're right. It's in the beginning of the movie. They're riding up a hill in like a scooter. It must be San Francisco or something. Yeah. And Mia's talking about how she's kind of upset over her dad who just passed away. And Lily's like, oh, like, are you still going on about that? That was like two months ago. I thought you were going to get over that. Even as a kid, I remember thinking, what the fuck? That is the weirdest <laughs> thing ever. I think this is the exact opposite of that. Like, guys, I will be your Lily. It's been too long. This is appropriate. <laughs> Stop booing Mellow. Shout out to him. He had 18 points. He was extremely helpful. Here's the thing, Denver. Do not let Portland go up 2-0 and then go back to Portland, where the crowd really fucking matters. Yeah. Best crowd. One of the best in the NBA. And they do not want to be there. Down 2-0. Ooh. No. Yeah. They don't want that. Wow. It's finally summer. But also, like, wow. How is it already summer? Either way, I'm welcoming this season with all things bedding, bath, loungewear from Brooklinen. And with their Memorial Day sale happening right now, Brooklinen's offering site-wide savings on all things comfort for this summer and beyond, working directly with manufacturers to ensure premium comfort at a fraction of the retail price. They deliver award-winning comfort direct to your door. Stock up on all things summer comfort and shop the Memorial Day sale now. And if you're listening to this podcast after the air date, don't worry. You can still go to brooklinen.com and use the code SPIN for $20 off your first order of $100 plus free shipping. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter promo code SPIN for $20 off your first order of $100 plus free shipping. Brooklinen. Everything you need to live your most comfortable life. All right, Philly, Washington. Now we're on to Sunday. The Sixers beat the Wizards 125-118. Again, so hungover during this. G give me your <laughs> thoughts first so I can just then pawn them off as my own. <laughs> Early morning game for us. But I think 
for Philly, is Tobias Harris going to score 37 points again? And is Embiid going to only play 10 minutes in the first half? Like, both of those things are probably not going to happen. And I don't know if Washington is going to hang their hat like, okay, we got a double team Tobias Harris. No, it's going to be iffy. But you can't bet on Embiid only playing 10 minutes in that first half and not capitalizing on that. They could have really, you know, doubled down. Westbrook could have really went off. But it, it remained even pretty much. I'm not sure. You know, Russell Westbrook, you love him, you hate him. Bradley Beal, I want more out of him a little bit. But I, I think for the Sixers, they are hungry. They want to win the series. They want to go far. They had their fans there. Um, also, my favorite moment of the classic Embiid rallying up the crowd. And then when Bradley Beal hits that and one, <laughs> he rallies up the crowd, too, and then waves it off. I'm like, yes, Petty Beal is my favorite Bradley Beal. <laughs> yeah, so Bradley Beal had 33, but I think that's fair. He had a rough night from three. He was one for six. The Tobias Harris thing, yes, I mm -hmm. am all for this resurgence of him being reliable, but 37 points is probably an aberration unless he's the second coming of Jamal Murray last year. So yeah. that can't be relied on. The Washington bench also uh, did quite well, and they only played four guys. I don't know that that will happen again. This is one where I'm, I want to see it shake out again. I'm fairly confident that the Sixers will escape love you, Russell Westbrook. And for narrative's sake, I think it'd be very fun if you made this an amazing, intense series. But yeah, let's see how this shakes out a little bit more because there were a lot of things that I just don't think in this game will happen again. Yeah. All right. Next one. Uh, sorry. I wish there was a way to give a euphemism for a score. But yeah, Phoenix beat the Lakers 99-90. Uh, how are you feeling? I'm ready for game two. I'll be ready. I'll be ready for game two. <laughs> yeah. That's all I'm going to respond. <laughs> so Chris Paul, is he okay? Is he going to be okay? He said afterwards, yeah, I'm going to be fine. So he injured his shoulder during the game. LeBron jumped over him. Actually, there's, there's a couple things to say about that. In the moment, <laughs> a lot of weird things happened. LeBron helped up Chris Paul because it was LeBron that jumped over him, causing him to fall. Mm -hmm. Mark Jackson, who's on the broadcast, says, you know, Kobe or MJ wouldn't have helped him up. Men are so weird. I hope Mark <laughs> Jackson finds a hobby. Take up watercolor painting. People mm. make homemade pasta a lot now. Anything that prevents <laughs> you from having the space in your head to think that that's not a weird-ass thing to say. First of all, they're friends. So Second weird. of all, what's it matter? It was literally his fault. Just weird. So Chris Paul is playing through this shoulder injury, which is a narrative everyone loves. Had Phoenix lost and down the stretch in the fourth quarter in the last couple of minutes, there were a lot of things Chris Paul did, which God bless him. I know he was trying. I don't understand why, why it wasn't a bigger deal that his passes were like halfway making yeah. it his shot. That one shot was like so short because that really could have cost them a lot. They need Chris Paul in that moment, but he really should have said, I shouldn't actually be the one executing these things because that could have been really bad. I hope he's 
going to be stronger for game two, or I hope that they come up with a plan to have to use him less um, in that particular way, which is which is impossible. They depend on Chris Paul a lot to execute, to facilitate, to score. The ejection, the fouls called in that game were super weird. Like I'm, I'm sure even <laughs> you can admit campaign should not have been ejected. No. It was wonderful, though, and watching it over and over of Montrez Harrell literally tackling him, but being smart enough to catch him so that he doesn't fly across the arena was just wonderful. I'm also always here for Alex Caruso getting into this because, yes. (laughs) <laughs> the Louisville fan in me wanted to be like, no, Montrez was just trying to break it up. And then it was just too powerful. It, he also came out of nowhere. It was full speed ahead from the other end of the court. He didn't even pump the brakes, not even once. It was beautiful to watch. Him and Crusoe got text, which is probably appropriate, but campaign got ejected. It should not have been an ejection, but all right. Maybe for um, throwing the ball at Caruso. I think that's the only he did throw the ball, but whatever. It wasn't worth an ejection. How does Phoenix pull this series out? First, I have to remind everyone that when we had our episode with the tarot cards, it was Chris Paul with the bandage around his head. (sighs) And we were like, oh, my gosh, if Chris Paul gets injured or anything, we are going to be freaking out. Oh, shit. You're right. Yes. That was the first thing I thought of when he went down. I was like, (gasps) It wasn't to the head specifically, but Chris Paul getting injured, we all, you know, grabbed our Wow, let's because... see if that carries over to game two. What does Phoenix have to do to pull this out? I think Devin Booker has to keep playing at this amazing level. I think there was definitely a switch for him, which was wonderful to see. I know that was also a part of that conversation. Is he going to be that player in the clutch? Is he going to step up in the postseason? And he did. AD, frankly, just has to be better for the Lakers. If he keeps playing like this, then I will write a check to a Phoenix fan, whatever. Like, it's, there's no way that we're going to I don't know where you're going with that. <laughs> write a check like, write to it. whatever to just say we're done. We throw in the towel if AD is going to keep playing this terribly. It was strange. I could tell that in the end they were frustrated, but especially in that late stretch where the Lakers were within reach still. To come back, they kept settling for those outside shots. I don't even know if settling. It just seems like they assumed that they would bring the game close again. I'm like, you have yeah. AD, you have LeBron. Drive inside. Take those safe shots. I'm sure that they were tired. They looked tired, but it actually just it looked more like complacency. I don't want to yeah, be like too takey, cool. But it, it didn't really look like an injury exhaustion thing. LeBron had 18 points. AD had 13, which is the worst he's ever had in a playoff game. So unquestionably, the solution is the two of them doing better and doing so much better that they beat the team. You know, that's like, there's no other yeah. way to say it. This is <laughs> on LeBron, this is on AD. And actually, you know who uh, you can write that check to? To Phoenix fans to go to Hooters with the fellas. <laughs> I knew Hooters you were with the fellas. <laughs> All right. Atlanta beats New York 107-105 in game one. MSG was great. So much fun. Trey was great. The making of another Knicks villain. 32 points, 10 assists, 7 rebounds. After he hit that floater with 9 seconds left, it was just a shot of Spike Lee looking so upset. I have missed 
those shots of Spike Lee after an entire game and pregame of talking shit being shut up and his hands are on his waist. Actually, he does that thing. The orange fedora. The back. (laughs) Worst fucking outfits. And Trey says, it's quiet as fuck in here. I love that so much. I love that. I love it. Speaking about Trey, I feel so bad about his hair because it's really hard to not be distracted by it that I made a little list on my notes app last night watching the game of bad NBA hair in the past. Ooh, going to run through these really quick. I just want him to feel better. Number one, when Jason Kidd went blonde, really bad. Number two, Joakim Noah, before he used leave-in conditioner and he just kind of brushed it out. You can't brush out curls, babe. Ask the girls. Larry Bird, bad. Um, This is a deep (laughs) cut, but Dwayne Chintzius mullets are back, but this one was really not cute. Number five, Chris Anderson mohawk. Honestly, it was an a classic. It was though. so big. Yeah, but there's it was so big. There's no way it didn't slim down. It was too tall. I'm not like crazy about gel. We are running out of time. Let's just say some Knicks encouraging strengths despite the loss because it felt really wrong that the Hawks won after all of the things that the Knicks did. And maybe that's just feeling the vibe of MSG, feeling the excitement that's Everywhere because Knicks fans have come out like the cicadas. But what are their encouraging strengths that you would take away from this? That makes you think this is going to be a series. I think for Knicks fans, it was like a nightmare of seeing Julius Randle not perform to his best. And you're like leading the league in minutes. Is it coming down to this? And that's what I I would encourage them to say. He's going to get a good night rest. (laughs) He's going to come back. He's going to feel better. I don't know if it was just the stage was too big or what happened, but Julius Randle was not the Julius Randle that we've loved all season and encouraging. He's not going to have back to back games like that. He's going to bounce back. Yeah, I hate living in a world where I have to mention Derrick Rose, but Alfred Payton is only going to hold the Knicks back when the other option is playing that way. And that's all I'll say Mm -hmm. about that. So it's good to know that Alfred Payton's not their only option. Um, If you're a Knicks fan, shout out to Alec Burks and his 27 points. But as you said, Julius Randle is going to have to wipe that first game in MSG in the playoff shock from his eyes if they want to win. Uh, The last game of the night, and actually we're taping this on a Monday morning, full disclaimer. So Heat Bucks game two in Milwaukee, Portland, Denver game two will have already been done by the time that this is out. So we'll just go over Utah, Memphis. Uh, What? Um, Donovan Memphis. (laughs) Donovan did not play. There were some weird quotes from his teammates after the game. Um, Rudy Gobert, because who else? Oh, no. Uh, He said it was a big surprise, but I try to stay out of all of this. It's just going to give me a headache. When you wake up from a nap and find out your star player isn't going to play, it throws you off a little bit. Um, But Donovich was like, yeah, we missed him. I don't know what happened with the medical staff to hold him out. You should ask him. Neither of those are good. (sighs) The Jazz aren't messy, as in, you know, they're... I quote, I don't want to be here tweets, but they don't ever seem to fully really be getting along. And the hesitation of you've always said this with the Clippers. I've said this with the Jazz. I just don't necessarily believe in them as a postseason team. Obviously, as a unit, Mitchell, they didn't have Donovan Mitchell. So I think the most we can say about this is that the Grizzlies were phenomenal. And it is so much fun to watch them. And I don't mind 
how long this series goes. Yeah. And we're not going to say the R-A-T-I-N-G-S word because I don't fucking care. I would love to see more <laughs> Grizzlies. <laughs> and if the Jazz are going to look like time. that, I would love to see the Grizzlies advance. And yeah, do you have anything else to say about that game? I mean, it was, overall, it was like very weird. <laughs> it was so weird. The Jazz, I just want to say the Jazz shot 12 for 47 from three. And they just kept throwing it at the basket. And I'm like, okay, what's plan B? Because this is not working. Mike Connolly, three for 11. Jordan Clarkson, 0 for 8. Joe Ingles, three for 7. I'm like, all right, we got to try something new, guys. Because Memphis was beating them inside. Like, they are not really known for their outside shooting. And they went to their other plan. Again, huge Memphis fan. They were so fun. I'm happy to see their uh, momentum continue to ride into the playoffs, and we'll see if it can keep going. Absolutely. And we should just say, like, just to emphasize your stat about their three-point shooting, the Jazz need this, and that's not being dramatic about it at all. They made the most threes during the regular season. Yes. They shot the most threes. They cannot survive without three-point shooting and they did not have it that's all we'll say about that this is like yeah. kind of the this is the, the same as wizard sixers we just have to see a lot of weird shit happen just going to note that we actually really really wanted to talk about the mid-season tournament proposal but we're going to save it because we have run out of time but we have a lot of thoughts about it and it's actually mm-hmm. not as black and white to me i think it's a lot it is for a lot of people a lot of people do not want it. Do not see the point of it, which is totally fair. And a lot of people want to shake things up. And I'm, I kind of have a toe in each camp. That doesn't make Change sense. Change is good. I have a foot in each camp. You can't. Spread. You can have a toe. That's our show. Please keep leaving us your fan confessions, your playoff predictions. How is your team doing? How are you doing? Tell us on our voicemail at 502-874-4453 or send us an email at spinsters at bluewirepods.com to be featured on the show. Spinsters is hosted by me and Jordan Liggins and is carried by Jordan Liggins. This episode was produced by Jordan, Isabel Jocelyn, and Alex Ward, a Blazers fan who we hope is still happy after Game 2. Our production coordinator is Devin Shepard, and our executive producers are Peter Moses, John Yales, and me. Hey, Haley. Hey, Jordan. This is uh, Kimberly calling from New York. Uh, Long-suffering, but very, very happy this year, Knicks fan. Um, just going to say that I love the play-in tournament. Um, the end of the year um, in the NBA for a long time to me has just been unbearable to see so many people sit and just to not see very interesting games down the stretch, to see a million teams tank. And, yes, I know the Knicks were in that tanking group for such a long time, but now, like, the end of the season, I was, like, glued to the front of my TV, just excited about what was going to happen with regards to who was going to end up in the play-in tournament and even last night watching the games, even though they ended up being blowouts, I was excited um, to actually see, like, who's going to who's gonna be, you know, be the seventh seed, who's going to be the eighth seed. So 
I think it was a great idea. Um, I love to see innovation in the NBA, and I just hope they continue to do stuff um, that makes the season more interesting.